It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Robo Clark. <laughs> <laughs> This week, 747 for Brendan as the Celts take another step towards a potential treble treble. Euro progress is back in their own hands as this is the day we won away. And our nemesis Clark returns looking to make it 5 unbeaten against the champs. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Hello and welcome to episode 160 of 20 Minute Tims. I am joined this week by Stephen. Yo. Yo. And Melly. <laughs> Try to keep it Hello. fresh. Hello, hello, how are we? Not bad, what a week it's been. What, what, what a week. A lovely old time for the hoops this week. <laughs> has actually been a really good week. Yeah. Me- Melly. Yep, back to winning, back to not conceding. I know, it's, it's been absolutely sensational. This is the first uh, double 1-0 week we've had since you were on your holidays, Jamie. It was uh, Gilly that filled in the last 1-0 to the CFC week. Two important 1-0s as well. Yes, which, sure was. Which we will talk about. First of all, housekeeping. That means Patreon. Um, Stephen, what did we do on the Patreon this week? We did a match companion live for the Rosenborg game. Um, we're not going to go through the Patreon script every week. We're, no. we're only going to do it until basically everyone signs up for it. <laughs> the whole of Scotland signs up. Listen, I know, I know how many people, how many thousands of people listen to this podcast, and how many hundreds of people have signed up for the Patreon. What you? No, I'm, only, I'm only kidding, obviously. Um, yeah, everyone knows by now what the Patreon is. It's a subscription that we provide. If you feel that they enjoy the content we provide and want to kick us a couple of coins to say yes. thanks, then that's that's the way to do it. At patreon.com forward slash 20 minute Tims. If it's of no interest to you, then nothing ever changes. Nothing. We'll still be here every Monday night plugging away on the podcast. If anything, we now do more on Monday night because it used to be 20 minute Tims, hence the yes. hence the ridiculous name. I know. But I still see people talking about that on Twitter. Why are they called 20 minute? We've actually had some reviews saying that as well. Well, well here's why we were called 20 minute Tims because Many, many years ago, three years ago when this podcast started, it was 20 minutes long. You know, we (laughs) had the idea, you know, we can just cover Celtic in 20 minutes. But then when we'd done 20 minute podcasts, people kept saying, oh, why don't you make it longer than 20 minutes? So we painted ourselves into the corner with this name. As of this point, I will no longer be mentioning how sound Chris Bungard is, a former guest. Because he's going to batter you. Yeah, because he he threatened me, basically. And listen, ooh, you're hard. (laughs) (laughs) You can check out his podcast, by the way. He started a podcast yeah, that's on called The Bad Patter Podcast. If MMA is your bag, then check him out. Melly. Yes. What did you do yesterday? Because I was sitting right next to you. <laughs> yes. Celtic v Aberdeen, League Cup Final, 1-0, Ryan Christie, seven trophies in a row, bang. Easy money. Thanks for listening to this episode. Of- <laughs> <laughs> this one will be 20 minutes. Um, Melly, what did you make? What did you make, first of all, of the game itself? Uh, the start, again... They've done well with the League Cup again. 
you we walked out, Joker, the thief was on, I like that tune. That's a and good then, tune. Testify by Rage Against the Machine. Then a bit of uh, ACDC before the game starts, or the pyrotechnics and all that. That's become my regular, hasn't it? Thunderstruck is the Hamden, yep. Hamden theme, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Hamden, it wasn't until we physically got to the game, I was like, ooh, there's a wee bit of nerves, because I just think, we'll win this. I don't know by how many, but we'll win. I just ex- go, go to Hamden now, fully expecting to win, especially when the other manager is Derek McInnes. It just makes it better as well. Yep. It was a, wasn't the best performance. Didn't need to be. No. Because Aberdeen do not have any ideas up top. They don't, Stephen. Uh, I was, the reason I asked Melly what he thought of the game was because I have, I've, I was at the game with him and, I, and you watched on telly and I just thought, as far as a football spectacle goes, it was a bit drab. Most, mm. Mostly yeah. because Aberdeen are, are, are a bit of an embarrassment, if you ask me. They don't play any football. You could see what their game plan was and I thought they were, I thought some of their football some of their tackles were agricultural, to say the least. Yeah, it's kind of a waste at times because they have got some decent players, but as Melly's just said, they've got nothing up front at all. And it's kind of like what we've been saying about Hearts recently. Even if they are capable of containing Celtic for any length of time, they don't offer any threat. They're not going to get goals because Aberdeen have got absolutely nothing. But I gave them some credit because the last game at Celtic Park, they ended up with a lot of attacking players on the park and almost nicked a couple of things on breaks. But they didn't have James Wilson or Stevie May or anyone playing in this game. They just did that, what was it, Cosgrove, yeah. who's just kind of followed on from Stockley as just been a big lump up front, really. Um, no, Aberdeen didn't didn't offer really a great deal. They, they do have some decent, talented players. Shinny's a decent player, as much as, uh, as grudgingly decent, as I yeah. give it to him. That left back was decent as well. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember his name. Max Lowe. Lowe, oh. Lowe yeah. But to be honest, I, I found it a hugely entertaining game to watch. I don't know why. I don't know whether it was just because it's a cup final. I just, yeah. I, I really quite enjoyed it. From our seats, we, we were a bit higher up so we could see when Celtic take their goal kicks, they obviously try and play it from the back. The definition of madness is doing the same things <laughs> over and over again and expecting to get a different result. And McInnes does the exact same things. A man marks when Celtic are taking the ball out and that's fine. It doesn't work. And then when he's got a goal kick, Cosgrove goes from centre forward out to the out to uh, Tierney's side and they just punt it up there. It's poor to watch. I mean, I never really understood why Aberdeen fans get so annoyed when McKerris and say we need a change, but now I do. I mean, they were in that game, but they were never going to score. No, never. Even, even up to the end, the best chance was maybe Jozo. Yeah, I think uh, Yeah, there definitely was. <laughs> Aberdeen, yeah, it, it was hard to criticise them a huge amount because of their successes in recent seasons. That We've talked about it at length on here, about how they firmly established themselves as the second best team in Scotland for a number of years there, and they were getting to cup finals and have got one to one again, to their credit, but they're really struggling this season and you don't really see a great deal of quality from them at all. Um, Celtic's quality was on show. We, we've continued with this new look midfield that's done so well in recent weeks. I'm sure we'll talk about Ryan Christie. Scott Bain kept his place, mm. Stephen. Do you think that was admirable by the manager? Yeah, yeah, d- definitely. Yeah, uh, Scott Bain deserves to keep his place for that the cup run. I think he's only conceded one in the entire cup run. In fact, the one all season. He has played a couple of league games. Uh, Gordon was injured for the Livingston game, yeah, basically enough in each. So he's only conceded one goal all season, and it was to Partick Thistle. Uh, so he deserved to keep his, his spot. And to get, give Bain credit... That's two games in a row 
in which he's made massive saves but the play was stopped anyway for an infringement but he didn't know either of these times he made a, a massive save in this game from Considine mm. then it got called back for offside anyway but he, he doesn't know these things I think sometimes I feel like we should lay off our keepers a bit at times because they're both good goalkeepers I know we, we can moan about Craig Gordon's distribution at times and all that but they, they both do a really good job yeah. and I think they deserve to be kind of I don't know, they deserve a bit more credit at times. A lot of the time they could spend most of the games mainly with a deck chair. No, oh, that's true, yeah. Because yep. the defence is doing such a good job and they're there when, when they need, they're called upon. Yep, the defence has sorted clean sheet after clean sheet recently. I think, I think that's only in all the League Cup games Brendan Rodgers has played, it's only Hibs and Partick Thistle that have scored right, against yeah. us. The rest, all clean sheets. It's, it's a phenomenal record we've got. Hamden just feels like another home is where we mm. go and pick up a trophy. I will give the Aberdeen fans credit for having a sign that said, this is now our end. Yeah. I quite like that. I did like for that. For obvious reasons. And oh, also, Aberdeen didn't create a lot of chances. Possibly the closest they got to a goal was a fan that ran on the pitch yeah. and then <laughs> took 20 shirts to roll the guy down. Was, I don't know if he was on crystal meth or something, but that incredible. took a lot. I did notice that a tactical innovation from Aberdeen or rather an appropriation because I, I noticed they've started doing the, the England style love train for corners. Oh, line on a straight line. By the way, it's gone under the radar how crap that patter is from Glenn Hoddle calling that the love train. Uh, you know <laughs> what? Do you know, do, you know, do you know what? I'd never heard anyone call it the love train until you called it the love no, train no, a second ago and I immediately thought that patter's terrible. That's horrendous. That's so bad. Did you think I hit it? Yes. I've just taken a wee note. We'll need to edit that love train patter right out. Um, tactically, Melly, how do you think Celtic done the, um, up against the physicality of Aberdeen? Because like I said, Aberdeen tried to go man for man. They tried to frustrate Celtic. They didn't have much going forward. They didn't. It just seemed like they were there to negate Celtic. He's seen by, on the touchline, Brendan Rodgers, cool, calm, composed. Derek McInnes is kicking every ball, going at every decision, trying to grab the ball at throw-ins and nearly going in his <laughs> yeah, ass. He was just, he's so desperate to beat Celtic in a game that matters and he, he just can't do it. He can maybe nullify Celtic for so long, but he managed to cut Celtic off down both flanks. Forrest, Sinclair were quiet, but then that run from midfield from Christie, the ball from Boyata, he could, didn't have any answer to that. And it's just good that it's a guy that he's helped progress that scores yes. against yeah. him the winning goal. That must hurt him and give him a wee sick sense of pride as well. I hope it hurts him more, but <laughs> it must. I mean, it, it must hurt him. It must hurt them a wee bit watching someone that he potentially could have had on his side. You know, it, for Ryan Christie again, we will get to him. But if the roles are reversed, he could have been easily on the losing side. Um, I, I read the stats somewhere that 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 was like thirty odd passes in the pretty much in the lead up to that goal. Um, what a ball from Boyata! I know, and then that was defence. But I've, I mean, Boyata. I don't know where he pulled that one from. Well, funnily enough, he, actually, that was the second or third time he'd attempted that in the game. The right. first couple were pretty terrible, right enough. They went either straight through to the keeper or out for a goal kick, but it was obviously something he'd, he'd identified as a possibility, something that was on for him, and that, for the goal, it was absolutely perfect. It was a uh, shinny that lost the man, which I like that as well, because as much as he is a decent player, just seeing him let his man go, it being his fault. Aberdeen, he is a contemptible scrot oh, of a boy yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Aberdeen, decent, but the way we line up, there's always somebody free. So what happens is our front three 
push on which occupies their back four so when we've got the ball there's always a free man even if it's a goalkeeper always a free man so we just pass it about them until we get an opening and we always find one the start of the season maybe we didn't have that because we didn't have that Armstrong Petrov type run from midfield but Christie's came in and done that and it just adds a completely new dimension to the game and it just shows you they switched off for a split second Shinny's chasing Christie and he's in and decent finish to start with and then he gets the rebound it was very I think Petrov showed like a similar goal at Ibrooks once mm. when he went through so well, the first attempt was the right peg and then finished yep. it away with the lefty. So now we can talk about we can talk about Ryan Christie. Well, to be fair, the game sort of changed for Aberdeen from having hope to absolutely no hope was when Mackay Stephen went off injured because he's the only guy that could probably open up Celtic, isn't mm. he? That was a pretty wild head knock. Mm, nasty. Uh, you could you could tell at the game, I don't know what they shouldn't you could tell at the game from the reaction of the players. Yeah. Especially the Aberdeen players. There was maybe you could see Mackay Stephen was out clean cold absolutely and uh, Niall McGinn was standing with his head his hands on top of his head and Shinny was kind of charging about telling the, the stretcher staff yeah. to get on or they quicker were abysmal. Like I mean well, they were I, a, I don't know because I don't think they're allowed to just come running on unless beckoned by the doctor who are already there anyway ah, and they, right, they okay. don't really have the right footwear just, to be running about no. in football pitches I think that I, I don't blame them for not coming on and sprinting on but I think they're they're at the because they all line up along the line. It's obviously something they've been told to do. I don't, uh, I don't know. So I, I wouldn't go charging in. Fair enough. It. Fair enough. It's a, it was a pretty nasty head knock. Gary Mackay Stephen went to hospital. You know, Not for the first time in, his, in the recent past. <laughs> Not yeah. for the first time. He was a bit of a, a klutz. Yeah. <laughs> Gary um, one, one thing that startled me was McInnes today saying, ah, he'll be available for selection next week. Madness. Dark ages stuff uh, again, you have I know. absolutely no idea the extent of that boy's head injury no. yet. Or, or even if you do, give the boy a, at least a week after his work, if right. he's been KO'd, because that's crazy. I was actually a bit nervous about Boyata coming back on as well. Yeah, he eventually came off for, for Jozo, and, but I think... That was a hamstring, apparently. I thought it was a recurrence of the head injury that yeah, brought him off, but it was a hamstring. I just, I don't know. I just don't know about players playing on after something like that. I just, no. I think it's... I think it's silly, really. Uh, if a sub, if there's a comfortable, no. If, a, if there's a sub there to be made, I think maybe maybe it's worth a rule change. Like if they, someone gets a head knock, you can have another substitution oh, or come something. On, right? Jose would be taking off. <laughs> <sort> of <laughs> but I, I think it's I think it's very risky. From what we know, there's new science and all that coming out about head injuries in yeah. American football and all that all the time. I think it's I think football. Soccer uh, is a wee bit behind the times when it comes to these football. things. It's a man's game, Steve. <laughs> it's, a, it's a man's game. Football remains the only sport I can think of where if you get KO'd, you're allowed to continue. Yeah, yeah, crack on. Stamp yeah. it out. Just run it off. <laughs> Ryan Christie. His, uh, his, uh, we talk about Ryan Christie every week, and I'm not even sorry because I am 100% sold on the boy. A couple, you can, you, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, and I hope you are, you can go back and listen not six weeks ago, I was saying, what are we doing playing this Literally guy? Literally six weeks. Uh, uh, can't be longer than that. But nobody has taken an opportunity the way I've seen Ryan Christie take one. And to go from hide and seek with Scott Allen to scoring the winning goal in the League Cup final and taking that trophy home in the space of six weeks yeah. is is an outrageous turnaround. And I'm he's done struggling. so well. Listeners will maybe be able to help me out, but I'm struggling to think of any similar, any comparable example because... Yes, there are players who have exploded onto the scene with Celtic and done really well in a five or six week period, but no one that has come from absolutely nowhere yeah. to do so. To be what, three years into his Celtic career and only have arrived now and to make himself an absolute mainstay, 
there, there might be someone out there, but I'm really struggling to put it together. Rogic, yeah. maybe, maybe he had to go. He was here a long time. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. The guy is, and it's Christie and McGregor and who? That's the two mm, yeah. definites. Yeah. He's probably taken over Rogic as number one. Rogic subbed yesterday. And another thing about he puts it about is those wee niggly fouls. Him and Rogic both get booked yesterday, so that's why one of them probably had to be subbed. But they were both putting it about. And the only worry you had about Aberdeen yesterday was the physicality and how a midfield would cope. But a midfield put it about as well. Our team are well up for the battle. No, time and time again, they prove this. So I don't know if McKenna thinks they're not because he's blatantly wrong. Until Rogic could take off in the second half, I thought he'd had a bit of a stinker in the second half, if I'm honest. But it could have all been so different for him had he scored on the seventh minute. I yeah. think he was cracked the post from a from well outside the box. What a, a start to the game that could have been. But I think he drifted out of it a wee bit and started getting a little bit slack with his passes in the second half. You mentioned another guy there, though, but Callum McGregor, yet again. Yeah, put me anywhere, he'll do a yeah. job. A, good, a very good job. The, yeah, that's that's a good point. That, what I'm, I was about to come on to there is there's a lot of debate over whether you can fit Scott Brown back into the team at Callum McGregor's expense, but the thing about McGregor is that even if Brown does come back into the team, McGregor can just go and play a 9 out of 10 in some other position. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's, yeah. it's remarkable. That run he went on in the second half where he burst from his own half beat two players and then slipped it through to Sinclair. Sinclair took a dodgy touch and then sort of chipped it over the bar. But you're not getting that from any other player in that team. But no. Even even Rogic or and Cham or anything like that, or, and certainly not Scott Brown. So he offers a bit of everything. He's not. I feel like he's not scored for a while, McGregor, not enough. He's maybe due, mm. due a wee goal. Andrew Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think he got on? Well, well now, as you've often said, James, you should only ever complain about the refs when you're winning. And... Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're about to do. Nah, I thought he'd an absolute howler, to be honest. For both sides, it has to be said, I don't think... We're not coming at this as a poor persecuted Celtic here because benefited from some yeah. woeful decisions as well. He set his stall out pretty early by... There was an incident where James Forrest stood on Lowe's ankle. Forrest was booked for it, which was kind of fair enough, right? It was a total accident. But I felt, see when you watch it back in replay, see when you're standing on someone's ankle, you do know it's there. Yeah. And he left it on maybe a wee second too long. It was a total accident that he ended up there. But it, it may have been a harsh booking. But then Lowe gets up and shoves Forrest in the back and isn't punished at all. So I don't know. It's I don't these know how he weird inconsistencies yeah. that drive people absolutely mental. I thought, I thought Aberdeen got away with, especially towards the, the final half hour of the game, mm. um, which is probably one of the reasons we brought, brought Brown on, was I thought Aberdeen got away with loads. I yeah. thought they got away with loads. I, yeah, your boy Ferguson was getting right stuck in. I know, stuck at the pushes. Even like the, the wee ones, like the pushes, the grabbing around the neck, the leading with the elbows and all that. And I just, as the game went on, I was just glad that they, they weren't pulling anything from it. Um, but we did benefit from a, a, the refereeing howler um, before the game. Put, well, you put, know what they say, boys? He's evened themselves out over the course of the season. <laughs> what happened last week at Hamilton? Did we get a penalty for a handball? No, we didn't. This week we do. So... We, well, we shouldn't have. No, um, but, <laughs> but we but should I'll, have last week. We should have. It's karma because I was putting my pre-match coupon on. Not something I do very often. I was like... Gamble responsibly, kids. Yeah, yeah. I was like, um, fancy a, I fancy a penalty this game. And I was like, Celtic to get a penalty and miss it, 14-1. to 1. And I was like, I'm going to have a bit of that. But just as I was about to do it, I went, nah, Celtic always score penalties. And I, I chose us to score the penalty. Aye, all right. Ray Winston. <laughs> <laughs> I, funnily enough, speaking of bets, I also had... I did one of these like what odds paddy things and it yes. was something like along the lines of Celtic to score in both halves 
Sinclair to get one and Edward to get another and to win by nil. So I was f- fizzing when, when Sinclair missed that. But the penalty incident itself, jeez, oh man. I mean, that's not in the rule book. No. Even leaving aside the biomechanics argument yeah. with the position of his hand and all that, he basically just headed it onto his own arm. But it, it didn't reach the box. His hand prevented it from entering the box. So it was comfortably at least two yards outside it. So I, I, I don't know what he was seeing there. But I don't, I don't want to be as basic, a pure basic bitch here and say, <laughs> um, we'll take it. But it was a laughable decision. Aye, but disappointed we'll take it. in Sinky. That could have been another one onto the tally. I know, I know. Uh, good save to be fair to the keeper. Miles off his line though. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely miles, miles off his line. Crazy, but decent enough save. As soon as Sinclair missed that, he was well taking you off now because he just hit the deck, head and hands. Even when the ball was getting yeah. played, he was still looking away from play, head not concentrating. So I think his head just went there. He had a couple of decent chances, the one mm. you talked about where he chipped over. I thought he could have done a bit better. It's a poor that. touch. To, it yeah. took him too wide, unfortunately, yeah. It's just there's wee chances like that we missed and another day if we get a second goal it's just plain sailing but the longer the game went on at 1-0 Aberdeen thought they had a chance but all they do is launch it into the box Cosgrove get booked and then just get instantly subbed off so he must mm. have known it was coming it's just it's really really agricultural stuff from Aberdeen there's no thought to the play whatsoever but you, you've said it you've said it before Mel you know if, if teams want to play that way against Celtic then we're happy to play that yep. way because we can we can do that as well. We yep. don't want to do that, but if it comes down to it, we can do that. Um, Scott Brown got half an hour. Yeah, came yeah. on for Rogic. Rogic, did, yeah, did he come on for Rogic? Yeah. Um, I'm a big Scott Brown fan. I thought there was a lot of running about. I thought there was a lot of midfield field general stuff. But I thought when he came on, the sort of creativity disappeared a wee bit from the midfield. We possibly lost a bit of control. It might just be. The way the game was going, it was getting scrappy because, have you, as you said, Aberdeen, like we were talking about the game, how many fouls have they committed within the last 10 minutes? It's just wee fouls, wee shoves, wee pulls everywhere. And you can see why Brown was put on. He was, was always going to come on so he didn't have to John Terry the trophy oh, anyway. Lee Griffiths did. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the midfield three, it'd be difficult to ask them to play two high intense 90 minutes yeah. within three days. So it was always going to be subs made in there. He came on, he done his job, he wound them up as well and they just can't handle it, can they? Seeing trophy ceremonies, I always, I always uh, entertain myself by trying to spot people that haven't been seen in months. Remember that there was that cup win years ago where it was Rabio Ibrahim and Mo Bangura were That's all right. giving an absolute <laughs> wow day at the end of the game. I spotted uh, Kundai Benyu. He, t- oh, he turned up for the, for the trophy. I'll, I'll tell you what I did really like. Uh, following the players on Instagram and seeing the 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 mad celebrations in the dressing room hmm. from from winning and it's great to see that it's this never gets old for them. Terrible dancing though. Did Terrible you see Christine Benkovic? Oh man! But I love it because it's never getting old for them. Big Benkovic just come up here from the Premier League. He's dancing and cheering about. He's probably the only cup he's won. I don't know if he won anything domestically sure. back home, but. It's good to see that this isn't getting old to the players, that they are loving these they, wins. They did a very good job of hiding the split in the dressing room. Anyway. They did. Very good, very good job. It's very convincing, I have to say. <laughs> it's good to see Benkovic again stroll the game. Yeah, the wee, the wee drag back and flick. He <laughs> <laughs> just looks great. It's going to get to the point towards the end of the season where you're just going, he's already outgrown this league. The same way Van Dyke does, where he just strolls every game. Players have bad games, but guys like him and Van Dyke, they just 
they just stroll through these types of games. Doesn't matter who they're up against, what physicality, if they're fast, slow, big, small, they'll deal with it. He is, he is annoying, Binkovic. Nearly scored a peach as well. I know, he, nearly scored right. a, he's, he is really annoying though, this thing, Binkovic. Just tall, pretty pretty handsome, well-built. Baby-faced, you might say. Baby-faced, yeah. loaded <laughs> professional footballer. He's an easy, easy guy to hate. Imagine we uh, mentioned Marks and Spencer so often on this podcast they became a sponsor. We would all be turning up to the, to the studio wearing like beige kind of <laughs> middle-aged clothes <laughs> and stuff like that. V-necks. <laughs> Michael Gandhi. Michael It's David Gandhi. David. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Michael Gandhi? Just made it up. Mahatma's son. <laughs> anyway... Another person who loved the the victory, and he said it was one of the sweetest of his time here at Celtic was Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I was quite surprised at that. Mm. Most satisfying cup one, I think I said. Yeah, I think that must be because of all the trials and tribulations we've been through this season already, splits. with the, the splits in the dressing room, the the disastrous transfer window, the mm. cobbling together of squads and players and injuries and European ties and big games and. You know, it was a real war of attrition. Plus to have won it with a player he found down the back of the sofa Aye. as well, basically, yeah. So I thought uh, Brendan Rodgers' comments were quite interesting yeah. after the game. Yeah, he seemed absolutely delighted. He did on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I, I said so he's to another you, one. He's not, he's not getting bored with these no, trophies at no. all. Yeah. Why would you? It's great to see. And I said to you after the game, like, if he gets backed in January, I can now see him staying at the end of the season. Mm. It's not boring for me. Going to these games and seeing us win and see, turning anyone, up. anyone who suggests this that's crap. You, Nobody you see on ever Twitter, does. No, no one ever gets bored it? of success. It is complete crap. Honestly, it, I don't, I can understand. You, you see comments and like articles talking about we old guys who used to support Man City back in the days where they were a bit crap and they kind of preferred those days just out of nostalgia and all that. But this, this isn't the same thing at all. No. It is. It will never bore of this as long as this as is as good as it's just yeah. just public service announcement for everyone. Like, this is as good as it's going to get. Aye, yeah. This yeah. Dem- th- see this domestic dominance. I was having a wee think about this today. Brendan Rodgers wins a trophy every eighteen games on average at Celtic. <laughs> he, he has won seven trophies in a row. Yeah, he's won an invincible league. He's won the treble twice. He's on course for the treble for a third time. Even during Walter Smith's nine in a row, yeah, they didn't. They might have won the league nine times in a row, right? But they didn't have the domestic dominance. There was no double trebles. There was no... I mean, we've just matched Walter Smith's record here, but they didn't have the 5-0 pumpings every time. There was no domestic dominance like this. Scotland hasn't seen domestic dominance like this. Alex Ferguson's Man United never did it. Liverpool never did it in the 80s. And don't let anybody try and play it down. Don't let anybody... Oh, well, Rangers are this. It doesn't matter. Rangers are stauncher. 90s klaxon. I grew up in the nineties. Um, <laughs> Did you? Yeah, and believe me, this is this is pretty good compared to yeah. <laughs> just to get that out of the way. Box tech to mention the nineties. To mention the nineties. Um, aye, this is this is brilliant. It's oh, it's a brilliant time to be a Celtic fan just now. And I, I'm with you, Millie. I, I want Brendan backed in January. I really want the guy to stay because I'm beginning to think the only way Celtic don't win trophies, the only way Brendan Rodgers stops winning trophies at Celtic is if he decides to leave Celtic mm. because. He's got it sewn up here. He's away today to speak to a player about a potential January move. Don't know anything about it, but... How do you know? Because I read it. Oh. <laughs> hey, get us book, book oh. smart guy. <laughs> Check the big brain on Melly. Who's the dick? Eh? <laughs> me asking, because Chris I read Dave, it on the Chris Netflix. Davis told me last week. Uh, when you were at your training course with Chris Davis, yes. who was that? Absolutely sensational. Did you I am now 100% bought in. Play out from the back, boys. Oh. 
It's brilliant. For brilliant those, for those who don't know, Melly is studying for his UEFA license. What is it? No, no, I've just done the C license, but you. To keep your badges up, you need to go through so many hours of Hinkle's continuous coaching development. And Chris Davis done one last week at Hamden and Tory Glenn done a presentation on building out from the back, talked about the way Celtic play, how they plan their training. And then we went over to Tory Glenn and he had the under-18s, which featured Karamoko Dembele mm. and a few other good players, but I don't know who they are. I dare any other podcast out there to play us at fives with this this brain oh. behind us. And of course, Stephen, you'll be happy to know that in a couple of weeks, Chris Davis is coming on the podcast. No, he's not, <laughs> because Melly didn't ask him. Professional is. <laughs> Professional, you're not there to do a podcast, Melly. No, it was, it was great to see, and I understand 100% now why they believe in playing out from the back. He showed clips of Bournemouth Man United recently, where Bournemouth played out from the back the way they line up, then he showed... They were brilliant that game. Yeah. Yep, where Man United play out from the back. De Gea kicks it long, they come in compact, but Bournemouth managed to create a chance from themselves playing out, Man United, the ball breaks out to Bournemouth, bang up the pitch, they score. He says, nobody talks about when you punt the ball and it gets lost and you can see the goal, but if you play it from the back and can see the goal, everybody mm. talks about it. So there's 50% chance if you punt it, you lose the ball. Whereas if you play it from the back, how many goals have we lost doing that this season? Hardly any. None. Yeah. So. Rosenberg, 1-0, yep. another win. And now the European... Adventure lies firmly in right there, Stephen, for the, the second week o, in a row. The palm of your hand. Point yeah. to the palm of my hand. Um, what did you make of the Rosenberg game? Well, the first half was excellent. To go away from home against any opposition, really, when you're a Celtic fan, you, to, to, you never take for granted going into no. any game that you're going to turn up in an away sense. But to dominate in that fashion, there's no way Rosenberg could have had any complaints if they'd gone in at half time 5 0 down. Nope. If, if not for just a couple of breaks, a couple of Poor finishes. Rogic had, what, three or four chances in the, the first half hour or so. It, it could have been an absolute route. The only reason it became nervy at all in the second half was just, it wasn't due to Rosenborg dominating, although they had moved up the pitch a bit from the first half. It wasn't due to them creating loads of chances. It was just that, that looming fear. It's, same yeah. as the Aberdeen game where it's, yeah. it's only 1-0, so all it takes is one chance. And, and yeah, anything can happen. Yeah. Nothing. I thought the first half as well, great. We'd done a match companion on it, so right after the match it's a bit raw, you're a bit mm. nervous, a bit intense, but coming away from the game, having a couple of days to sit on it, you're just thinking, they didn't have any chances. Same with Aberdeen, it was 1-0, but it was never a get the whistle blown, it yeah. was just, right, That that's the game done. It's a convincing, as a convincing, a 1-0 away performance, as you'll see, literally no chances for them. Zero Boyan, on target. Benkovic no. absolutely strolled it again. I had to make a couple of changes, but it's just a bit, we lack a bit of cover out wide right now, and it's mm. it's maybe going to show in the up and coming games. Kenny Miller described it the the previous game against Rosenborg before this game as comfy. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> comfy. Not, not even a real word, is it? It's, just, it's so comfy, eh? Oh, do you know what we had this week? We've not had one for a wee while. Oh, a spicy, spicy meatball. Oh wait, I've got a, I've got an audio thing for this. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> we had a spicy meatball of a hot take from Tom McManus, who said that Rosenberg were a disgrace. A disgrace, yeah. A, dis- a disgrace for losing to those filthy manks. <laughs> um, uh, and this was also, I mean, you could say, you know, you, you compare and contrast. Um, Rosenberg were a disgrace, and Villarreal were. 
great. Oh, they genuinely are a disgrace. I'd say to, to draw twice with Rangers, being from La Liga and drawn twice with Rangers, one of which was against 10 men, they, they are a disgrace. Sidebar, did any of you watch the Rangers Villarreal game? No. Nah, Rangers are, see, Rangers, as we record this, are top of the league, dear listener, but I don't want that to worry you, or it shouldn't worry you, and I'll tell you why. Rangers are terrible. <laughs> like, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Celtic fan, right? I'm just saying that Rangers are terrible. Really, really, really poor. Villarreal were as bad a side as I've seen. Celtic would take five off Villarreal, and I'm really looking forward to the game at Ibrox if that's how Rangers play at home. It's a very different Villarreal from oh, put, put Celtic yeah, out of the yeah, UEFA yeah. Cup in what, was was it, 2004 or something. Yeah, I, well, I think they're <laughs> se- you know, 17th in La Liga or something. Yeah, Santi Cazola came off the bench looking like Santi Cazola ate Santi Cazola. <laughs> he had about two stone on him. Anyway, Celtic v Rosenberg, back on it. Well, Rosenborg, I, I had worried, well, not worried, actually, I'd, I'd questioned their desire going into this game because they yeah. really didn't have anything to play for. And as had emerged in the media, they had a, a cup final this weekend. I'm not sure how they got on, actually. I think they played yesterday, as we record this. But there was a lot of talk about them leaving out players. But they, in fairness to them, they did put out several recognisable names, including the Emperor, Lord yep. Bentner, yep. Um Burger Melling, the left back, we well, I have raved about for a couple of seasons now. They brought in this high, highly rated Nigerian winger. Um, I'd, I'd never seen him. I don't think he did anything. Was it Adig Adig Benro? But they left out Helland. Yep. Because last week we talked about how he was. He felt like he had a he penis wrote. extension. So obviously tired lugging that thing around after that. Lugging that big old piece. <laughs> I thought you were going to use your other joke about me. Kieran Tierney in this game. We haven't really talked about him for a while, but I thought he was he was excellent in this. There was a there was a moment very early on, five minutes in, I think, where he just burst down the left and got across into the box. No no takers. That was a kind of story of the first half, just a mm. kind of no takers. But Kieran Tierney, at times, you talk about midfielders, central midfielders like Callum McGregor, and the cliche is they dictate the pace of the game. But Kieran Tierney is capable of, with one run, just suddenly up in the ante across the entire pitch. Yeah. Like, the, the game will be p- being played at a certain speed. And then all of a sudden, Kieran Tierney will get the ball and it's like everyone else is like, oh, right, we're playing at that speed now and he'll just bomb it. Some of his runs down the left are Ryan Giggs-esque. And I don't mean poor man's Ryan Giggs, Neil McCann. I mean the actual <laughs> Ryan Giggs. <laughs> like the way he, he loves this thing now where he just knocks it down the outside and yeah. then runs around the other side. I, he does I it every time. It, yeah. You know it's coming, but nobody can do it. No, no, it's excellent. He, he is another one. We always say we don't praise him enough. Like Benkovic, you say, strolled it, strolled it. Tierney just does it time and time yeah. again. And the only reason he's not doing it every single match is because he physically can't. Because I, he, I thought that showed in Aberdeen game, yeah, to be honest exactly. with you. A few of them, the only thing towards the end of the Aberdeen game is you could tell it was starting to get a bit a bit of fatigue kicking yeah. into a couple of Edward. players. That's why the subs were all made. But uh, against Rosenberg, it was just time and time again. We got the goal from down the right, but down that left-hand side when we... Rogic drifts over there, Christie, because he's also left-rooted. Tierney, Sinclair coming inside, Edward. are just so dangerous down that flank and with Forrest on the other flank. Eventually get the goal because Forrest is left one-on-one with their centre-half, which should not happen. And he's got no. no chance. Well, funnily enough, the first half an hour, Forrest was actually very quiet. He was quiet overall in this game, to be honest, apart from his telling contribution in the goal. But um, the first half an hour, he'd actually tried to take on Melling a couple of times and Melling came out on top on both occasions. And you could see Forrest was getting a wee bit frustrated at that. 
But on this occasion, he was able to completely isolate the centre half. And I was quite disappointed with that because the centre half looks almost exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> like Reggie Newsom. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that, that's, that's his name. But that was that was a mismatch of epic proportions, that one. And Forrest is, is so good at that, just hanging those wee clipped crosses yeah. to the back post. D- Dembele used to absolutely gobble them up, just nod them in at the back post and Sinclair did did it on this Couldn't occasion. Miss. Couldn't miss. It, yeah, yeah. It, the keeper was getting across at a, a decent pace, but yeah, Sinclair, all he had to do was nod it on target and it's, it's in. Plenty that more I, where that came from, boys. There'll be plenty more where yeah, that you came hope, from. You hope. Midfield three there in that Rosenberg game, all left-footed. Yeah, that's right. Got a quiz for you. When was the last time that was the case at Celtic? <laughs> Never. I don't have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We love posing questions we don't have yeah. the answer to on here. But Sinclair, that's you know, he's, he started threatening there recently. He's not the greatest of times recently, but he scored the header, the consolation against AEK Athens, and caused the own goal against Hamilton. Hamilton Ackies, that's right, with another one header. So a new dimension. First Shame ever. he's lost all the other ones. <laughs> First ever away win in a Europa League group stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. 17 attempts, I think that is, mm. which means Brendan Rodgers is the first Celtic manager to win two group stage games, Champions League and Europa League yeah. ever, so breaking all sorts of records. Every time, it seems every time Brendan Rodgers wins a game, he's breaking a record. Yeah, I think. <laughs> we just can't stop him. The only time Rosenborg threatened, really, apart from, there was one moment in about the, the 95th minute where Bentner had a tame header sort of bounce off him, but the only time they properly threatened was when Sinclair was buzzed off the ball a wee bit and someone got across right across the face yeah. of goal and there, there were, again, no takers. But other I, than that, it was just nothing. I, you say that, but I mean, I, I felt nervy watching the game, especially as, as we, we sort of got deeper and deeper yeah, into our yeah, own half. Yeah, definitely. And, and as I said, it was we did concede a, the territorial advantage in the second half yeah. without conceding loads of chances. It, was, it really was just... But the nerves were just, from my own point of view, were more down to that, just that niggling... Or anything can happen yeah. here, feeling rather than any I think, threat. I think that'll ease up the the longer Benkovic plays at the back. Yeah, I know we just keep yeah. saying, you know, he sealed the game, but his distribution is absolutely brilliant as well. I thought his passing was excellent in that game. With him and Boyata, I mean, Boyata, I've said it a million times in this podcast, he's a changed player. And I think previously Celtic might have been a wee bit nervous because when the ball goes to the back, if you've got Jozo, especially with Jozo, or even Ayers prone to a mistake or two, Lustig, who we all know about. You know, but the defence seems to be performing okay at the we, moment. We didn't actually talk about Jozo cracking his own bar against yep. Aberdeen seconds after it's coming on, actually. <laughs> An absolute belter. Um, so where does this leave us, Stephen? As we said, back in our own hands. Destiny is back yep. in the palm of, of our hands. So need just a draw, is that right, against mm, yep. Salzburg, right? So Who are through top, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, they've got nothing to play for. Um, they do. They do have something to play for. What's that? They'll be pals. They're pals. Okay, right, yeah. So if they beat us, mm-hmm. then Leipzig have got a much better chance of going right, through because you'd expect true. Leipzig to beat Rosenberg. That's very true, but then they did beat them twice. So yeah, they've sort of kind of gone out of their own hands yep. anyway. Yeah, Salzburg, I'd yeah, I'd like to think that they're going to turn up with nothing much to prove in that game. Maybe mm. rest a few players. I'd say I'd like to see their fixtures around the game. Whether they've got anything big to come up, I don't, I don't understand why they would play any of the same players that have played in any of these games no. I don't really see what they've got to gain I from think it. we just have to just I think we just have to assume that they're going to play the hardest team yeah. and they're going to try and win the game yeah absolutely I, I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen it's and, an unnerving scenario isn't it just turning up thinking 
We just need a draw here. Yeah. It's, it's a it's delicate. Like, yeah. Remember the Andalit game where we mm. won three 0 away. We just had to go in and not lose by three goals or more. We didn't really perform in that no. game. We didn't. We did. Show up. I know Celtic are really, really bad for that. Sometimes you know. Sometimes we might be better needing to win the game, but a draw, we should be able to do it. If Salzburg do change their team, put in a few young boys, I can see them getting. Dazzled by the lights. Of course, uh, the lights are a bit back there. I don't, I don't know how much uh, Leipzig were paying attention to things. Did you see their players' post-match interview after the game? No. I thought we'd get beat 1-0. Oh, did they? I had to, the, the interviewer had to correct them. I go, no, I'm sorry, Celtic won. He was like, oh shit, well that changes things. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It sure does. Yeah, so as it stands, Celtic are on, you'll probably know this already, but Celtic are on nine points mm-hmm. behind Red Bull Salzburg on 15 Leipzig sitting there with six points and an absolutely abysmal Europa League performance by Rosenberg. A disgrace, and, even. Uh, Tam's right. Tam is right, yeah, it is a disgrace. <laughs> and by the way, Stephen, they beat Storm Godset oh, yeah. 4-1 in the cup. Well, they um, they sealed the, the league quite recently by beating Bodo Glimt, who I'm pretty sure is it's some guy for Star Wars. A made-up <laughs> <laughs> made name. Who's next, Melly? Motherwell away Wednesday night. Games just keep coming. I know... We're talking about this midfield, but we're going to have to make changes just for the players. Again, it'll be Wednesday, Saturday, Thursday, Sunday. It just keeps going like this right to the end of December. So nine games, 27 days. So mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. game every three days. It's, we're going to need a bit of rotation. And you don't worry putting Brown and then Cham in. I think Tierney could do a rest, but Motherwell are a big physical team. Then at the weekend, it's Kilmarnock, so it's difficult games to be dropping players in. We are behind in the league, although we have a game in hand. Yep. So we can't really be affording to drop points, but time and time again, this team step up domestically, so I don't worry about them. Up and down form from Motherwell. I know they've just lost to Livingston after gubbing Aberdeen in the previous yeah. game. Motherwell are kind of, not surprise strugglers, but you look at the table... And there's quite a lot of sort of better teams down the bottom of the league. You, you look at your Hibs who are really struggling. Yeah. And then you've got St. Johnston who are above both of them. Motherwell, Robinson is still doing a good job with them because for, from everything I hear about them, apparently they've made some sort of almost £2 million profit. Yeah. But that's because they keep selling their best players yeah, out from under him. So I think he's working with absolutely nothing, really. They're ninth, they're ninth in the league yeah. at the moment. They've only got 14 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one you'd expect Celtic to win every day of the week. It really doesn't worry me as no, much as uh, Saturday's game does. They'll probably line up a lot like Aberdeen. They don't have much going forward that will just be physical and plenty of tackles try and upset Celtic's rhythm I don't, they don't really have the quality to break us down do they I'd probably I'd probably like to see Griff I think yeah, I think uh, Edward could do, probably do a rest there was a guy behind us at the game Aye. absolutely giving him pelters it, it, it was, was, it was um, dark honestly I mean me and Melly were listening it was dark edgy stuff oh, it was oh, borderline racism it wasn't the, there was nothing borderline about it <laughs> yeah. it was a fat racist was, prick and he called <laughs> yeah. and he called it odds on Edward a so there was a borderline, but it was behind him. He was aye, well and truly over that border, right? And that's that's great. That's outrageous. Well, I'd, I'd said this recently about how there are just camps within the Celtic support now who just prefer Lee Griffiths. But that was his words. I'd play Griffiths over him any day. Yeah, yeah. Would you? Well, he, for some reason, inexplicably, you do get quite a lot of that. It was strange because no matter who made a mistake on the pitch, it was only Sinclair. Or in fact, I don't want to give too much time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, to be fair, Edward could do for rest, couldn't he? Again. We forget sometimes the age of the guy. Yeah. So he could do a rest. Griffiths could do with some game time. Browning and Cham can come back in. You don't want to make too many changes, no. but there is players in there. It's just 
at fullback and the wide areas where we don't have much that we can change. We do have players there, but they're just nowhere near the quality. We Gamby was warming up yesterday. Yeah, he was all right. He was <laughs> all right against Rosenborg. Another beaming grin here. He was all right against Rosenborg. He came in and, and did a job, got a couple of decent crosses in, and made a couple of decent tackles. So he's he's you, ready there. He, and, he and Johnny Hayes are sitting there like coiled springs, just <laughs> wait, waiting to go. Let me let me happen, Gaffer. So I, I think we'll see the Motherwell game out the way. Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, 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 three PM. Your favourite? I'm scared. Clarky, Robo Clark. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to town. He is an unstoppable football match winning or drawing machine. Mm. He absolutely will not stop. He wants our clothes, our boots, and our SPFL title. <laughs> so let's let's look at this. What, they're third or something? They are third, one point behind us. One point? Yes. Admittedly, they played two yeah, more games. Yeah, two games in hand. But even still, that is, the points on the board is better than games in hand, without Absolutely. a question. And they I are... Think so. Yes. the hands credit the time, I suppose. Um, no, no, it is. I agree with that. It's better, yeah. it's better right? It's better because... As the old cliche goes. Have we, we've not beaten Clark yet. No, no. no. So we could feasibly drop points this weekend. There's a different possibility. There's... Everything to suggest that, as you say, Brendan Rodgers hasn't beaten Stephen Clark. Stephen, Stephen? Stephen Clark is Sunday. Very there. formal. Yeah, um, they haven't beaten them yet. They haven't beaten Kilmarnock at all since August two thousand and seventeen, which was twice in the same month under Lee McCulloch. The the most recent game between the two, it was a two one defeat again. Who got be part of this? Steve Clark is. I say this on Twitter, and I'm going to say it on the podcast. Steve Clark is no joke. <laughs> absolutely, is he not. is absolutely no. This is Kilmarnock are a, are a nothing team. They're <laughs> with players like Chris Boyd and Kirk Broadfoot and all they're that. They're a nothing team. <laughs> I mean, before he took over, season two thousand sixteen. I mean, they were nearly relegated. Yep, they were rele- playoff. Aye, they? Ah, they were in the playoffs. They're yeah. rele- relegation fodder. Then elbows took over. Oof. <laughs> and then they didn't go very far. <laughs> but honestly, as Steve Clark is is Brendan Rodgers. Nemesis, absolutely. They're a they're a big threat. The Eamon Brophy is back in the team at Chris Boyd's expense, and he's back scoring. Eamon Brophy, he looks like a guy who's definitely at least once glassed somebody in a branch <laughs> of Tiger Tiger somewhere. <laughs> he looks like that type. Never forget him celebrating the goal, the goal, and the eight one defeat. No, oh, yeah. that was him <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> so, all joking aside. Um, it is a it is a potentially tough game. We go into this match one point behind league leaders Rangers. Um, sidebar: Are we in a title challenge? Oh, are absolutely. we in a title race? We definitely are. I mean, we're loath to give them any credit whatsoever, but the, there's no denying that in December, being a point behind someone is is a title race. They might fall off in yeah. in a matter of weeks, but at this moment in time, it is undoubtedly a title race what yeah. we said at the beginning of the season on this podcast was if they have a good window and we have a bad one all they have to do is be the best of the rest in yeah, yeah, a title race it. and mm-hmm. that's pretty much how that's it's panning it. out yeah. all they need to do is be the best of the rest but we've got Kilmarnock to beat and I think this will be the time we do it yeah got to think so Celtic are hitting the right kind of form at the right time previously this season when we've met Kilmarnock it hasn't been the best of times we went through that period at the start of the season where we just weren't scoring goals that's totally different now I say that as we've recorded a podcast about two goals or two games, fair enough. But now nah, things are things are totally different now. Have to get this hoodoo off the back. The hoodoos live on your back. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't make sense. Does it's it? Monkeys, to, monkeys, monkeys yeah, on your back. Have to dispel this monkey. I, know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what hoodoo is. <laughs> the the last commandment game was the one where the oh dear things are bad. I was really down after it. It was one of those ones you're, oh, this this is, hmm. things aren't good here. There was 
the team just weren't performing Time's up, Brendan. Yeah. Oh, we wouldn't go that far. But we weren't creating anything. It was just so passive. We were, every game was a struggle. We didn't seem to be creating chances. But since since then, well, the St. Johnson game was a sort of turn on the cup. We've just been on fire. And we haven't really went into a match against Clark's Kilmarnock on good form. So hopefully we can get Motherwell out of the way. It is a tough run of games though yep. You know, Rosenberg, yep. League Cup final Motherwell away Salzburg coming up as well yep. in the midst of this yeah. I think and then we play Hibs away after Salzburg as well We have so. got a tough, tough, tough time of it at the moment Especially when we've got ground to make up on Rangers Premiership struggles, Hibs yeah, I don't I see know. us going into the Rangers game I think two years ago we won near enough every game in December I think we won all the games in December mm. I don't see that happening now And I don't, I don't see it because I think we're poor or anything right now. It's just the law of averages and the players can't perform in every game because there's a lot of places we can't make changes. If Boyer has hamstring, he possibly doesn't make these next two games mm. as well. So Jozo's going to need to come in. We hamstring injury might be no, the worst thing for him if he's looking for a move in January. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Craig Levine, did you hear his comments? <laughs> for the second time in his career, has actually blasted the SFA beaks. What <laughs> um, a great term. I know. <laughs> For their performance at Rangers. Said he was playing against 12 men. Did you hear his comments? Yeah, yeah, Hilarious. Yeah. He goes, we're playing against 12 men. And then someone, Fruity language in there ah, as well yeah, from Craig Levine. Someone piped up and goes, ah, the linesman, I see the linesman let you down as well. He goes, ah, you're quite right, 13 men. <laughs> he goes, I phoned up John Fleming after the last time Rangers scored a, an offside goal against us and says, what can we do to help you stop awarding Rangers goals that aren't goals? <laughs> And he was told, I don't know if you've heard this, Mel, he was yes. told, defend on the 18-yard line. Craig Levine goes, so we've done that. They fucking scored again. <laughs> he goes, he goes. so it's it was a blatantly offside goal. On Kilmarnock, it's quiz time, guys. <laughs> oh, no, everyone's, man. Everyone's favourite. Uh, exact same format as last time, if you didn't hear us when we did this last time. I have pulled out of my arse two previous games against Kilmarnock from the past. Uh, we're going to toss a coin to see who goes first. And whoever wins the coin toss will bid on how many players he can name from that lineup, and uh, subs who come on are included. Your first game is the 2012 Scottish League Cup final, Kilmarnock 1, Celtic 0. Oh, no, I was at it. No, <laughs> so I was at it. Long-term listeners will have heard me talking about my cursed pub mm. uh, channels in Claybank. I've been in there twice in my life, twice ever. One was Helicopter Sunday and one was this game. So I've never been back in after this one. So we're going to toss a coin. Tails. Net. It's Tails. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jamie, you can go first. You can you can bid or pass it to Melly. 2012. Yep. So Neil Lennon. Going to bid four. Oh. It's quite conservative. Yeah. Quite conservative but Melly, Melly blew his beans <laughs> with seven the last time. <laughs> Does I remember this? Yeah. Great goal, Melly. So I need to go five then, don't you? Either five or get Jamie to, to name those four. I'll go five. Right. Five? Any any advance? Six. Oh, oh it's hotting up in here. <laughs> no, you go for the six. Oh, six. Okay, right. Is Aguirre? Is incorrect. Oh, oh, oh no. This <laughs> guy's a... You've got five to get, Melly, so that leaves you five. Foster? Correct. Hooper? Correct. Ledley? Correct. Mm-hmm. Lustig? Is no. incorrect. Oh. Did Stokes play? He did, yes. Yeah. He was actually. Commons would have played. Stokes was booked for diving in the yeah. 90 seconds minute. Oh, yes. Kyle, did Sto- Kyle play? It was a Stonewaller, was he it? He didn't. Not? No, it was. So you've got Foster, Matthews, Thomas Rogner. Oh. And you, Rogner, played. Kevin Wilson, 
uh, Kelvin Wilson, sorry, Chuckles. Charlie McGrew, James Forrest, Victor Wanyama, Scott Brown, Joe Ledley, Anthony Stokes, Gary Hooper, and the three subs were Key Sung Young, Chris Commons, and Georgios Samaras. I, I remember that game vividly because before I was taking my seat and I was sitting, I don't know why, but I'd passed Hugh Keevans as oh, I was yeah, going yeah. to my seat and he was going to his. I was going, oh, how you doing, Hugh? And he's like, doesn't know me. So he was just like, oh, hi, how you doing? And he braced for pelters. He goes, what do you think today? I went, easy, 3-0. He goes, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> and then I was left thinking, what does that old guy know? <laughs> <laughs> so Melly wins that round. Jamie fluffed it over the bar and it was at his first attempt. <laughs> oh, God. So your second game, a more positive one this time, it's Celtic 4, Kilmarnock 2 from December 1995. Oh, Kilmarnock went 2-0 up in this game and Celtic rolled back to win 4-2. <clears throat> So, to give you a bit of a clue, they played a three-five-two in this game, nineteen ninety-five. So that's Tommy Burns. Okay. Yeah, Melly. It's Melly's turn. Okay. So you either bids or passes. What date? Nineteen ninety-five. December. December. Five. 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 Away you go. Five go. So batter in Melly. Five. Let's Gordon go. Gordon Marshall. Correct. Jackie McNamara. Correct. Tosh McKinley. Correct. P. Evan Hoydonk. Yep. Andy Tom. Is correct. He's oh. done it. Well, let, let me try. Do you want to keep going? John Hughes. Yes. Who would be our centre half then? Tom Boyd. Yes. Paul McStay. Correct. Pierre Grant. Yep. He's nine. Phil O'Donnell. Is incorrect. Simon got, Donnelly. He got nine. Yep. Simon Donnelly played. So hold on a minute. You cheated. This is a, <laughs> this is a, this is a fix. <laughs> on target, mate. You get that deep video watch again. <laughs> I think. I think the only ones you missed then would be Hay. That Chris Hay came off the bench in the 80th minute and Brian McLaughlin, who came off in the 87th. Outrageous. I had a tiebreaker lined up. The tiebreaker is, can you name the scorer in the Scottish League Cup final in 2012? Dean Shields. Liam nope. Kelly. Nope. Oh. You'll never get it, number one. <laughs> Dandelo. He's, he's Belgian. Lukaku. Dieter van Tornhout. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on that, we will end... You can find us in all the usual places. If you listen to the podcast, you can get it online on Android. Um, you can find us on Twitter at 20 Minute Tims. And um, people have been leaving reviews. I plucked the number 500 out of my yeah. backside by, did I say Christmas or New Year? January, yeah. Uh, well, it's a bit ambitious now. But how many have we got? 400? 454 so far. Not far off. And my favourite thing ever is people leaving office-based, <laughs> uh, office-themed podcast we are reviews. genuinely howling at that. We, oh. we share them in the group chat and all that. The people who come up with the, the most elaborate office references, is, it's incredible. Brilliant. I don't know how we came upon this vein of <laughs> office-based podcast reviews, but... I absolutely love them and of course there is the Patreon if you want to check that out we spoke about earlier patreon.com slash 20 minute tims thanks for listening Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.